0: Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT wellness podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT wellness roundup. Remember that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.com for links to all the stories. Our first piece of the week, theater plus better health for youth. A new study led by Jeffrey Puffall uh, explored how to use theater programs to support LGBT youth's mental health. Researchers examined an after-school program in Florida that has mental health providers as participants and as an on-call resource for youth involved in this theater program. The program focuses on theater, building, uh, theater skills building, as well as fostering relationships, rather than an explicit focus on LGBT topics. And to me, this kind of distinguishes this from a traditional LGBT student organization, a GSA or something like that, where you know the focus of the programming is largely on LGBT issues, and they may have uh, you know, other, other opportunities, you know, like, like some kind of a theater engagement, but here it's kind of flipped. The focus is really on theater and there's all of these mental health resources built in. So definitely a cool model. And this study basically, um, goes into how they did it and some tips for others who may want to rec- replicate such a program. And our next story, supporting patients with health challenges. Oncology Nursing News shared resources on serving LGBT patients with respect to issues including cancer, COVID-19, and aging. Key to all of these, they say, is training service providers, as well as fostering open dialogue so that patients' needs can be identified. They point to evidence from the CDC that LGBT folks are more likely to have conditions that exacerbate COVID-19, meaning that the community may have uh, long-term needs Uh, beyond the pandemic's height. So hopefully, um, at least here in the U.S., uh, you know, the pandemic seems to be winding down thanks to the vaccine rollout. Um, But there are lots of long-term effects of COVID-19. So even as we see cases dropping, uh, there are some things to consider in that population. And of course, this combines with the, the disparities we already know about with respect to cancer and aging issues that our community faces. In our next story, what PrEP and COVID-19 vaccines have in common? Related to our last piece, NSNBC explored how both PrEP and COVID-19 vaccines require LGBT patients to have trusted providers with whom they feel comfortable talking about both the risks and benefits of preventive care, and importantly here, without feeling shame in doing so. The author points to the low uh, uptake of PrEP as a method of HIV prevention, despite men in the LGBT community standing to benefit from this. They say that the fear of side effects or stigma is something that prevents a lot of people from um, from using PrEP, and you know there is research that shows that within any HIV prevention or treatment, that having that personal connection with a provider is really important because it's someone that people trust. They feel comfortable getting their questions asked, talking about things, um, and these are similar to to the COVID nineteen vaccine, and that's why it's been great that we've seen some um, some news that we've shared here on the podcast about LGBT centers, for example, helping to educate. Uh, folks about the the COVID-19 vaccine so that they feel like that information is coming from someone who knows them um, and someone who they can trust. Next up, testing app has appeal. Researchers led by Brian Kuttner uh, studied how cisgender men and transgender women felt about an app to help them share uh, HIV and syphilis test results with others. Patients like the idea of having a verified way of sharing negative test results with partners. They felt that it might help to normalize testing and also just provide that confidence um, that, you know, someone has received a negative test. They also felt that such an app could uh, help them to more easily uh, forward positive test results to providers so that they could access care more quickly. Next up, we have our informal recurring segment, uh, Center Spotlight, focusing this week on OC's anniversary. The Orange County Register reported on the LGBTQ Center OC celebrating its 50th anniversary. From a helpline and social space to a center for HIV activism, and more recently a place where trans youth can find support and the Black Lives Matter movement is amplified, The Center has engaged in countless issues affecting LGBT health and the community's needs over the years as those needs and issues have changed. And finally for this week, survey on LGBT communities. CMI launched its 15th annual survey of LGBT communities, which is used by LGBT service providers and many others to learn about the issues and interests affecting LGBT individuals. The annual study helps to fill gaps in what is known about LGBT needs, uh, given that we have really limited data elsewhere. And the results are going to be made for free uh, in August on their website, so that anyone who wants to review that will be able to. Um, So again, that's called CMI, and you can search online if you wanna participate in the survey or see results from past years. Well, that concludes another week of our LGBT wellness roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org for the links to any of the stories or to take that survey. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next week for another edition of our roundup.